Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, where we are getting some extra time with the speaker from last Sunday's message to go a little deeper, get some extra thoughts about the message, and get a behind-the-scenes look at their teaching process. We're your hosts, Mark and Jess. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Menlo Midweek. Welcome to the Menlo Midweek Podcast, everybody. And this is a special episode. I'm so excited. Mark here. And Jessica. And we have Tara Rumler with us. Woo! It's our studio audience going crazy. And she's giving us crazy <laughs> eyes because secret, there's an actually not a studio audience. <gasps> You're not supposed to tell Big people. reveal. You could, if you want to <laughs> be here and watch us, you absolutely yeah. can, whoever's listening. But Tara, thanks so much for being here with us. I'm so excited. Yeah. Yes. And we were chatting a little bit earlier. And as we were chatting, I remember seeing, and you were actually at a Sank retreat with me and I think Adam, like four, three or four years ago, pre-pandemic. I think it was about 3.5, yeah. Yes, oh my God. was that your first time like involved, being involved with Menlo? Pretty close, yeah, okay. I've been attending about four years now. Okay, man, that's been so, I mean, Back I was blown day. away by what you taught at that um, retreat then for young adults. And it doesn't surprise me at all that you're back again four years later, still amazing <laughs> all of us. <laughs> What can I say? Yeah. <laughs> Here to amaze. Yes. The voice might sound familiar because Tara's actually in our Run for Hope video that got released in services last week. So yep. we had Kelsey Kuhara. She shared her story with her mental health journey. And then we interviewed Tara as well, who is representing the 1024 movement. So excited to chat a little bit more about that in a bit. But first, this is all because of Run for Hope. Run for Hope, and baby. Fundraising for mental health yep. right here in the Bay. So Jess, what's going on? When's Run for Hope? And yes. how can people get involved? Super excited for this. Run for Hope is March 24th through 26th. It's our fourth one. Whoa, that's that pretty cool. That is so weird. It feels like we just started doing this. Um, so every mile you walk, run, stroll, wheel, whatever, uh, Menlo Church will donate $15 per mile up to $75,000 to local partners who care for those impacted by the mental health crisis in the Bay Area. So. Um, if you go to menlo.church slash run for hope, you can read about all five of those organizations. Um, but because they highlighted the 1024 movement in the video, mm -hmm. we thought it'd be a great opportunity to talk a little bit more on the podcast about um, the organization and Tara's involvement and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, we talked a little bit with Phil too about mm -hmm. uh, mental health in the Bay Area. And I mean, I'm sure everywhere is struggling with it right now. There's so many statistics about how bad it is because of mostly because of the pandemic but i'm just so grateful that we have people like tara and other people um that we're partnering with organizations who are just really caring for um those who are impact impacted by this mental health crisis that's mm -hmm. happening right now yes so we would definitely encourage you to check out menlo.church slash run for hope yeah and and register regi yes of course sign up register for what team mark obviously the online dream team because we're trying to make dream. that team the best <laughs> and Yes, we'll, we'll say that again at the end because yeah. we need to really drive that point yes. home. But Tara, how did you get involved with 1024? Yeah, great question. Mm -hmm. So actually it was from the invitation of my amazing partner in ministry, Reverend Christy Pierce. Mm -hmm. She started a nonprofit about seven years ago with a group of passionate adults and students who really cared about mental health. And she wrote the book, Shut Up, with about a thousand teens and college mm -hmm. students. And then... Mm -hmm. 
two years ago, she and I met at a church and she brought me on the team to do some consulting work with, mm-hmm. with teens and college students around the country to mm-hmm. rebrand the ministry. And with the help of those young people, we renamed the movement, the 1024 movement. And I've been loving it ever since. Yeah. And what is that name, 1024? Great question. Thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. So we want you to ask that so that we can share this this heartbreaking statistic that suicide mm. is the second leading cause of death mm. between uh, ages 10 through 24. Wow. Oof. It's a powerful name, but yeah, very sad <laughs> that that's true yeah. statistic. And to be involved in an organization like this, like, what do you think led you to saying, yes, I want to be a part of this movement? Were you always, you know, in the mental health space before or what were you doing that led you up to to now? Yeah, actually, I was not in the mental health space before. I spent many years as a youth pastor in both Chicago and the Bay Area working Mm -hmm. with middle school and high school students and young adults. And every time we asked them, you know, for topics or ideas or what they were struggling with, almost every time they would want us to address these topics of suicide, anxiety, mm. and depression. And so that really got my attention. And and then, you know, during during the pandemic time, that topic became even more important. And it, it seemed like every student uh, was asking for this topic to be talked about. Yeah. yeah. Were you with the movement pre-COVID and post-COVID? So actually, I I joined on during okay. during the COVID lockdown. Time. Interesting. So what was that experience like from lockdown until now? Yeah, I I think that's a great question. I think during during the lockdown time, it was you know mostly virtual online mm-hmm. connecting with students. We had students all over the country and beyond reaching out to us mm-hmm. on you know social media, asking for help, asking for resources. And now you know students are are very much just emerging out of the pandemic and they still have those pandemic wounds. And so it's it's so important to be listening to what's going on. Do you feel like a lot of what is driving a lot of some mental health like issues around that is derived from the pandemic or are these things that have that were there before and the pandemic either multiplied it or made it exponentially harder what do you think yeah how did that how did that that pandemic piece play into the mental health that we're seeing now even though we're a year or so removed from it yeah i definitely think there was a youth mental health crisis before the pandemic and we often say that you know the pandemic poured gasoline on an already mm. burning fire yeah. and yeah. the ingredients you know for depression or suicidal thoughts or anxiety really are isolation and mm-hmm. loneliness and and certainly young people and people of all ages experience that and so that's why i think we saw statistics get get worse and worse you know for mm. example one in four young adults one in five teens seriously contemplated suicide mm during the the pandemic time. Wow. And I think a week or two ago, the Wall Street Journal posted an article about teenage girls are now at an all-time low for record levels of sadness right now. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot going on. <sighs> wow. So what would you say is the vision and strategy of 1024 Movement? So our mission and vision is very uplifting, I think. We hope to uh, we hope to turn young people away from suicide, anxiety, and depression and towards hope, healing, and hearing from God. Yeah. And what does that look, how does that play out? Like if I'm a student and I come to 1024 Movement, what does that look like for me? 
Yeah, that's a great question. We really consider this like a multifaceted problem requiring a multifaceted solution. Yeah. And mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. young person is so different. Some mm -hmm. young people love to read books. And so we'll give them, you know, our, our shut up book, which is still mm -hmm. trending very well with students. Some definitely will not, you know, read a book. And so we engage others through our social media page or our YouTube channel. And we also have uh, workshops that we offer. We're really excited about our, our Lifelines workshop that empowers young people if they are struggling with suicide, anxiety, mm. depression, or if they have a friend who's struggling, empowers them on how to know how to get help. Mm. I love that it's unique to every student yeah. because <clears throat> just thinking about like you go to school, so many people learn in so many different ways. And yet you're here from one teacher saying, do this, do homework, do, you know, sit in here, write an essay or whatever. And that's just not the best way for every single person to learn and get better and process and that kind of stuff. And so to have the opportunity for them to go somewhere where their needs are met in their own way is just a really awesome way that you guys are handling that. That's great. Thank you. Appreciate that. that. Yeah. I'm excited because it seems like that how piece of man like that's such a big it feels like such a huge thing to tackle and yet mm -hmm. somehow you have created a strategy and some systems that are inserting tangible ways to help people get through this mm -hmm. but i also think there's a big impact around how people are viewing mental health in general yeah what would you what changes would you like to see culturally for people that maybe they're not battling with mental health or maybe they are, regardless of that, how, how would you like us as, you know, us here in the Bay Area to approach mental health in general? Yeah, I think it's important to approach mental health with a lot of grace and kindness mm -hmm. and humility. And something that young people I think really appreciate is when you remove the stigma because so right. many are concerned that they're going to be judged or shamed for it. And mm. then that can lead to isolation, which is what we absolutely don't want. So something that we really emphasize is we are proactive in saying it takes so much courage to yeah. share what's going on. And so I would encourage people of all ages to take the initiative, even if, if it feels awkward, embrace the awkward and ask people like, hey, how are you doing? It's a safe place. It's okay to talk about this. And I'll never forget, we do something at different colleges where we'll set up a booth and we'll pass out candy and resources. And we've had young people just come up to us and say, hey, I just want to say thank you for mm taking the initiative to talk about this topic before mm. someone harms themselves or before someone attempts suicide. Yeah. Do you have a, a favorite story of um, maybe a student who came into 1024 movement and I don't know, <laughs> something happened and their life was changed or whatever? Yeah, definitely. I have, I have so many I'm favorite sure. stories, but one I think really sticks out to me where we were uh, leading one of our, our Lifeline workshops and it was with a group of leaders. And this is something I'm really passionate about. Never assume that a leader or somebody in a leadership position is is doing okay. Sometimes mm -hmm. uh, those are the ones that can be struggling too or yeah. even struggling the most, or maybe they're trying to self-medicate through through serving or through, or through doing. And so we're doing this Lifelines workshop and one of the questions in there, we kind of set up this metaphor of a mental health storm you know are you are you on a scale of one in ten 
10 doing well, you're like a certified life card, you can help other people or all the way down to a one where you're absolutely drowning and struggling mm. with mental health issues. And I, you know, said to this group of leaders, hey, this is a safe place. Mm-hmm. You can share your true number. You can be courageous. And and one of those student leaders did reach out and say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm really struggling. You know, I don't have it as bad as other people, but I do mm-hmm. have a, a plan that of potentially taking my, my life, but it's not a big mm-hmm. deal and just kind of minimizing it. So we were able to really triage that situation and get this teenager help and get uh, her parents on board. And sometimes young people think, their parents, you know, don't care or won't listen. And most of the time when we work with parents, the parents absolutely mm. <laughs> care and want to work with us. And oh, that's so great. we were able to match this this uh, young person with a, a therapist. So mm. it was really awesome just to do that intentional check-in, even though we could have assumed since the young person was a leader, everything yeah, was fine. Totally. I love one thing that the student said was, um, my issue isn't as big as other people's. Mm-hmm. And I think that is mm-hmm. so prevalent. And like, you know, I, I think I sometimes deal with that too. Cause it's like, well, I don't have like, um, extreme anxiety. I don't suffer from depression. I don't have X, Y, and Z, but I still do have my own mental health issues and they're just as important as somebody else's. And I think it's so easy for people to diminish theirs. And even, you know, this person is saying, I have suicidal thoughts and I have a plan, but it's not a big mm-hmm. deal. No, it's mm-hmm. absolutely a big deal. So that was really, yeah, like you said, courageous of them to be to express that to you and to be able to get help from there. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jess, you've mentioned on the podcast before about you know therapy and mm-hmm. how just instrumental it's been yeah. with your mental health. Do you ha- do you have a story that you could share with us? Ooh, yeah. I mean, I think I was never like. Well, I guess in my adult years, I never really saw the need in my life for therapy. Like I, I was never against it. Mm-hmm. Super like proud of my friends who went and was like, I probably could go and find something to talk about, but I just never felt it until the pandemic. And um, I think for me, it's not like a specific story, but there's just been so many tools that I've been given mm-hmm. of how to process things mm-hmm. um, is probably the biggest thing that I've learned. Um, you know, being an Enneagram seven kind of automatically being trained in for whatever reason to ignore negative thoughts and negative things. Um, it's so easy to just live on the surface and think that everything is fine. And when a hard thing comes, it's just like, oh, this is hard. We'll move on and be fine. And therapy really taught me like, no, there's you need to live in that for a little bit and you need to learn how to process through that and what does that mean in your life? And, you know, we've even been talking about it a little bit on the podcast too, of just um, being able to sit in that pain is when you can really connect with God mm. so deeply. And I've learned that that is a time when I really do connect with God is when I'm having, when I'm sitting in the negative emotions is when I feel God's presence even more, more clear. And if I, didn't go to therapy and didn't learn how to do all of that stuff. I think I wouldn't have as strong of a relationship with God as I do now because of that. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's part of the prayer and care, like for part portion of our church and mm. our, our heart for this area is that people, one, if whether they're struggling or not, would feel comfortable just saying, Hey, I want to talk to some, somebody about something, yeah. whether that's in a life group or whether that's, you know, going through Christian counseling. Mm-hmm. And so if that is you, um, you can check out our prayer and care page. And then how can us as Menlo Church help 1024? 
Tara, we want to get involved. I'm excited. How can our how can our yeah. listeners here help partner and make some life change? Yeah, that, that's a great question. I love your prayer and care ministry. That's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. catchy. That's great. I think regarding 1024, how can you help? First and foremost, prayer. That's a huge part mm-hmm. of our strategy. We mm-hmm. have prayer meetings weekly. And I would say, you know, check out our website, 1024movement.com. <clears throat> In the upper right-hand corner, we're really proud of our Find Help Now page, which oh, has cool. resources for parents and families and, and yeah. young people themselves. Mm-hmm. And definitely get involved in this Run for Hope. We're going to have a little booth set up with some of our team, and we'd love to interact with uh, the Menlo Church congregation at Run for Hope. Awesome. And so for those in our communities that maybe they don't have kids or they're not directly, you know, connected to students, what resources do you think they could find resources on that page that would help them either have conversations or guide them through what helping looks like for them? I I would hope so. Absolutely. And I think certainly anyone can reach out to us Mm -hmm. uh, on our website for sure. Reach out Mm -hmm. to me directly and brainstorm ideas. I think prayer is huge. Listening, listening to the statistics and the and the trends and and ask you know maybe the the parents and youth workers here at the church how they can pray or get involved or serve in big or small ways yeah yeah i think that's i mean that's something that we when you know i used to work in youth ministry so volunteering in a life as a life group leader is a huge commitment and that is not everybody's gifting and that is okay but our biggest thing was always like then please just pray Pray for mm-hmm. the student leaders, mm-hmm. pray for the students, pray for the directors, pray for the church, pray for Menlo students, all of that stuff. And so I love that that's obviously this easy opportunity here as well of, you know, maybe you don't know a student and or maybe you do know a student and they're they're doing really mm-hmm. well or um, all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, then let's let's just pray. Let's just pray for 1024 movement, all the other organizations we're supporting and pray for Run for Hope. It's just such a a great easy way that people can get involved and make an impact without maybe even really knowing it but it's god hears it and it's important (laughs) totally love that yeah and my hope is that as people are praying they might be led to participating in something whether that's direct involvement with 1024 whether that is running a mile walking a mile (laughs) and then you just raise 15 dollars. like that's an amazing thing that is and so Part of part of this is going to feel some of the programs that you have coming up. I think one is the Lifelines program. Yeah, I mentioned that a little yeah. bit earlier. We're really excited about our Lifelines program. Yeah. It's a workshop that we offer and we've been testing in colleges and high schools and churches and hope to even reach middle schools with it. But wow. essentially our research shows that over 70% of young people will tell a friend or no one if they're struggling with suicide, mm-hmm. anxiety, or depression. And so it's so important to equip the young person themselves if they're drowning, if they're struggling, and then also to equip them on how to help their hurting friends because friends often tell friends. And so we want to encourage young people around the country to be a lifeline, someone who knows how to rescue and help mm. others. Wow. That is so great. I love that. I feel like I would have I would have loved that when I was in high school because I I've always felt like the helper kind of person. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to know what to say when someone is dealing with something like that. That's really awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel like you just say such things like 
that at the same time break my heart (laughs) but then i get dug out of it by some sort of like encouragement and help or something that you're offering and so my mind is just and my heart is just going up and down through this conversation (laughs) yeah but i think it's good like we want our communities especially like starting with myself and and being a leader in this is we want to be able to recognize what is happening and Mm -hmm. accept these things and then also say hey this isn't okay and this is not what Mm -hmm. this is not the world we want Mm -hmm. to live in i also love the awareness too and even that you were saying like when you partner with parents usually the parents are like yes we want to get involved and we want to help i think there's Mm -hmm. a big stigma around um I don't remember if it was in the Sunday video, but in the ma- the video that we have on YouTube uh, for Run for Hope, um, Kelsey's mom is on our staff mm-hmm. and she talked mm-hmm. a little bit about how she was like, oh, this is hard for me as a mom. Like, And I think my mom asked one time, she's like, so you said you go to therapy, right? And I was like, yeah. She's like, did I do anything wrong? Aww. And I'm like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Like, Obviously, there's so many levels to that and sometimes there is some childhood trauma stuff, but... I think that there's a the generation there are generations and maybe just people in general that think like I did something to make you go here or make you do this mm. or make you suffer and I think so often it has nothing to do with that and so just mm-hmm. I hope that stuff like this can release those shackles and mm. really help parents and adults and friends see like that it's so common that people struggle with these things and they just need our support and our love. And um, yeah, I think that's, mm-hmm. that was so powerful to hear from Jadine getting to share what that meant for her, for mm-hmm. her daughter to go mm-hmm. through therapy. Yeah, Kelsey did a phenomenal yeah. job. She was the star of the video. So good. Yeah, definitely. So what else, what else should we know that we don't know? And <laughs> how, how else can we help? What advice can you give us to help lead our, our friends around us? Some of the young people that are in our lives. Absolutely. Well, how much time do we have? Here? As much Let's as see. you want. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is things that needs to be yeah. said and heard. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, as we've been talking, I've just been thinking about how we can all become better listeners. Mm. And so I think we all at some level have young people, teens, 20s in our lives in some way. And if not, we could probably find you one in this, in this church <laughs> yeah. somehow through mm-hmm. Sank or the middle school yes, or high definitely. school uh, ministries. But I think listening is so huge and a depreciating asset in our society. And so mm. I think I, I want to challenge everybody to listen to what yeah. young people went through in this mm-hmm. pandemic time. I think mm-hmm. they went through something really unique in mm-hmm. those ages and stages of life where they they missed out on mm-hmm. a lot and have those mm-hmm. pandemic wounds. And so I would start with with listening and start with that awareness piece. You know, pay attention okay. to what's going on in the news uh, with young people and and do a little research. You know, on your own, the uh, CDC and WHO and NAMI have some great resources. Like mm-hmm. I said, our website does as well. But I think be aware, and then as you become more and more aware, then think about what your uni- unique action mm-hmm. step might be. Maybe it is prayer. Maybe it's getting involved in in some other way. But I think we are in an absolute youth mental health crisis. It's going to take everyone. It's going to take a village to get us out of it. But mm-hmm. I believe it is absolutely possible. Yeah. Yeah. Listening is. I, I loved how you said that. And so. How can people be good listeners? Mm. Are there some questions that you would suggest asking? What does a posture of listening and openness look like? Yeah, I think it's it's a posture of curiosity, a posture mm. of, I think, asking, you know, what was it like to be a teen? And that can mm. sound a little 
corny at times and teens will be like, you know, why, why do you care? Or even college age or beyond whatever age you're working with. But I think, I think that curiosity is, is so important. Just asking, you know, what's it like to be you? What was, mm-hmm. tell me about your story. And it doesn't have to be just during the pandemic. It could be, you know, before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think listening without an agenda, with that curiosity, listening to kind of what's being said, but maybe what's behind the scenes, behind the surface as well. And it doesn't have to be super heavy too. It can be fun and mm-hmm. tell me about like the highs and lows, the joyous times as well. Yeah. Does listening mean advice giving? Hmm. Well, that's a good, that's a good deep question. I would say it could if the person asks for it. Yeah. Yes. Potentially. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And that's something that we try to touch on a lot here is Unsolicited advice is mm-hmm. usually a let's try to avoid that. But if that, you know, if the listening turns into conversation and if the conversation invites questions and responses, then that's full on permission. But it is a pet peeve of mine when I'm sharing with someone and then I get advice. No, I didn't ask for your advice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As that's how mm-hmm. I feel on the inside. But mm-hmm. on the outside, I'm, I don't voice that. Yeah, I think so. a lot of times, too, in that sense, it can feel uncomfortable to not give advice, but I think saying things mm. like, I hear you. That's good. Or like, mm-hmm. I I don't know what that's like, but I'm so sorry that you're struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Or just affirming words, I think sometimes, just so that they feel seen, you know? I think that it's so easy for us to be like, well, have you thought about doing this? And um, especially if you don't know a lot about mental health and you're talking to someone who's maybe suffering mm-hmm. from depression mm-hmm. and, it's so easy to say things like, well, just think about the positives or like just, you know, just get out of bed happier. And it's like, well, that's not how it really works. Um, so just to be able to really validate where they're at in their space. And, and you know, sometimes there's questions that come up. And this is something I've learned with students is just saying like, you know what? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know hmm. that answer either let's figure it out together or let's, you know, let's Google that together or whatever that looks like. But just to be completely honest with them sometimes, I think when we try to fake what we know, it comes off, they can tell that stuff. And so just being able to have a posture of like honesty, Mm -hmm. I think is really powerful too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's a concept that I uh, was taught by one of my professors, Dr. John Townsend called attunement. And it's Mm. all about attunement's all about staying with the person's feelings mm. and, and saying, mm. oh, hey, that sounds like you felt sad about that or mad or angry or yeah. even, you know, happy, but really staying with that person's feelings and kind of mirroring and, and matching that. I think that's important. And definitely don't try to one up and say, well, back in my day, <laughs> here's my story. Because <laughs> yeah. seriously, like I believe now more than ever, current generations don't get it and don't understand what these young people went through mm-hmm. in recent years. And spoiler alert, this isn't just for conversations with people younger than you. Yeah. This should this should be for everyone. <laughs> and true. not just about mental health. It's, yes. It works for yes. a lot of things. But especially when we try to, you know, bridge a gap, generational mm-hmm. gap or emotional gap or yeah. whatever that is, a posture of learning will go a long ways. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you studied a lot in this and you, you touched on um, like an, an emotional side of this as well. Is that part of your background too? I would say so. Yeah, I was very, yeah. very blessed to go to the Townsend Institute in Concordia, Irvine and study Beautiful school. psychology and uh, organizational leadership and advanced coaching and, and consulting there. So it definitely equipped me to 
work with people of all ages. And yeah. I would say with 1024, it's been tremendously helpful. Mm -hmm. yes. What's your favorite thing that you get to do with 1024? Ooh, Ooh, that's a great question. I, I think my favorite thing is just being out with the students, whether it be connecting at a college campus or a one-on-one -on -one type, you know, coffee or even the Zoom gatherings. We have a student board of, of teens and 20s from all over the country. And so the reason that I advised uh, people on this podcast to listen is because I've learned some profound things mm. in, mm. in listening to what young people have gone through. Yeah. Yes. Well, that's great. great. Well, Tara, thanks so much for being here with us. Yeah. Uh, it's been such a blessing just for me personally Same, and for yeah. us here, but then also for all of the people that this will reach. So thanks mm -hmm. so much. And you can actually see her sometimes. She volunteers at Menlo. She gave me a little um, bulletin when I walked in the sanctuary, <laughs> like at the Menlo Park campus a couple of days ago. So that was really yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, I gave you a little run, run for hope flyer. Yeah. And back to my favorite thing. I just mm -hmm. want to say one last thing. Yeah. Is on on one of my favorite uh pieces of, of our vision that we do is is literally saving lives you know mm. one minute you're mm. passing out candy you're listening you're joking with these young people the next someone is literally telling you they have a plan to end their life and so so getting to save lives through this movement is profoundly rewarding sure. yeah. yes that's amazing so Tara, how can people contact you get in contact with you. I think you have a website coming out too. I have my own website Whoa. coming out in a month. Thank you. Spoiler alert. It's going to be <laughs> tararumler.com. But uh, our general email for 1024 movement is info at info at 1024 movement.com. I also run our social media accounts. So if you go on our Instagram or Facebook pages, 1024 movement, you can slide into our DMs there and <laughs> contact me or ask any questions awesome. or reach out and and please point, you know, young people and parents to our resources that you may never know who you're going to encounter out in this world. And that's like the numbers 1024, right? Not like yep, 1024. Movement.com. Yep. Awesome. We'll awesome. put some links in the show notes. Yeah, perfect. Definitely. Yay. We'll also put a link for you to sign up for Run for Hope. Yes. yes. And again, sign up with the online team because I said this last time, I'm going to run or walk or probably crawl by the end of this one mile <laughs> for everyone that joins the online dream team. Ooh. Do you know where we're at right now? Last I thought I think it was eight. I think it was eight, but I am scared to look. <laughs> So we'll see. Make it at least nine because I haven't signed up yet. I'm prepared mentally be. for 50. Ooh, okay. So here's the trick. When I was passing out flyers, when I said run, run for hope, people were kind of like, ah, eh, but when I said you can walk or stroll, yes. Yes. stroll really uh, yep. sent it. Yep. <laughs> yes, I was thinking the stroll same thing. Hope. And the nice thing is like you can literally do it anywhere. So mm -hmm. it's like go to the beach and walk along the beach yeah. or like we have an awesome like beautiful peninsula out in the Baylands is really pretty. Go up in the mountains, go for a hike. Like there's just walk around San Francisco if that's your thing. Like it doesn't have to be going for a run in your neighborhood. It can literally be whatever you want. I love, I'm excited to see people get creative. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. It's always fun stuff. All right. Well, get excited, everyone. Sign up for Run for Hope. Terry, again, thanks so much for being with us. Yes. And if you have any questions, text our team 650-600-0402. Have a great day. See you, see you later, everybody. Bye. Thanks, guys. See ya.